15 years over the Utah Utah. Another team has punched their ticket. And they hit it from Logan, Utah. Stunning 44 to 10 lead for Utah State. Hello guys, my name is Braxton Moon. Welcome to the Sagebrush Show and Aggie Podcast. In front of me I have my lovely co-host Braden Clark and Tim Wilson. The loveliest. The loveliest Tim Wilson. It's a little bit more difficult without the music, huh Braxton? Yeah, so we, we are starting this one cold. I think we're adding music in post. I will do that. Um, oh, magic. Magic. The magical production by our award-winning producer, Braden Not Clark. Not award-winning, nominated. Award I won nom- anything. So if you, ha- if you haven't, if you don't know, or don't follow Brady, he's been, his show... The Drive with Spence Checkets have been nominated for Best Radio Show? In radio Show. So not even sports radio. It's just radio. Radio so, Show in Utah. Which is interesting. Um, Want to give a big round of applause to him. Congrats. Thanks, guys. I, I mean, it, it does. Thank you, Tim, with your drum roll. <laughs> uh, it does mean a lot. And it's funny because uh, I believe we're going to be one of the only ones that are nominated from the AM side of things. And yeah. it's a lot of fun. This These last six months have been quite the experience because I've moved moved heaven and earth trying to get more kind of uh and spence has been very open about not being a strict utah centric show obviously we're home of the utes for whatever it's worth for espn 700 but we're very much a what's popular is going to be talked about in the show and spence has been really open and cool about letting utah state um have a voice you know from me from spencer nelson who comes on every week and then uh whenever the the football team or the basketball team have stories of note it's it's fun to kind of be able to be one of the few pl- uh radio shows in the state of utah that kind of shines a light on the aggies on the aggies and then also on the all the major sports but yeah it, it, it's pretty cool honor we'll find out in may if i win i get to go to a banquet fun so i've never been to a banquet before i've been to quite a few so no 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 we've been to a banquet well <laughs> <laughs> hopefully they'll serve food at this one but yeah we've been to a banquet uh, that's an inside joke that only a, a few people will understand that that was well, call back. Good job, good job, Tim. And then Tim actually he got a Tim got an award at work too. Yeah, I'm off to the Jazz game next week. Yeah, so nice. his, Tim's award or Tim's work is awarding him uh, for you know being a productive person and yeah, the being job. halfway good at my job. Yeah. Well, and also we should probably preface why we didn't have an episode last week. I had some family f- issues that came up that I caused me to be with them last week. Everything's solid. Everything's good now, and nothing too. But I just did feel right. Doing a show when that was going on, so they uh, canceled a banquet. Exactly. So um, that is all taken care of. We're excited to do this week. Um, yeah, it's what's been, what, what's been your week, Braxton? You've gone over me and Tim. Oh, my week. You know, it's been prepping. I'm going to California next week, so I'm prepping for that. You go. To, you're going to the tournament, right? Uh, the the, the Stagebrush Show representative at the Vegas. You know, I'm flying, so I can parachute down there. But you know, it'd be very. Be you know be very unselfish of you. Yeah, but no, I'm going to Universal Studios and Cal and uh, Disneyland, so not be super fun. Not oh the good old days of spring break. <laughs> Is that when? Yeah, so the two thousand six okay. spring break. Oh yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, it always so, falls on Mountains yeah. Conference tournament. So it's super nice. I have work that you know will pay me for going on vacation. Well, look at you. <laughs> Gotta love the take PTO. time off. <laughs> This is what you can achieve with a degree from Utah State, people. Anyway, let's talk about sports. That's what you guys hear, or that's what you guys want to listen and talk to us, or listen to us talk about is sports. Um, we, we like to start with football usually. Yeah, so, so we'll, we'll start with football. Um, NFL Trump, Combine is this it's happening right now, right now as we yeah. speak. Uh, measurement measurements came in. Um, Tipa, you know, 
he's outshined. I think he was he's six four. I don't know. He he'll go. He'll be get drafted just by his physique. I think. Um, Jordan Love, got big again, hands. He's got the biggest hands. Once again, I mean, we knew that. From the, we knew that from the Senior Bowl. Significantly bigger than Joe Burrow, as a lot of people probably saw on Twitter. This is a big deal. An inch you know. and a half bigger hands than Joe Burrow, which obviously means that he's going to be a better pro. Yeah. Obviously, clearly. I mean, hand size is indicative. Clearly, he should have won the Heisman as his hands are an inch and a half bigger. But bigger hands, but, bigger gloves. Exactly. But I think you know, he's one of the few people that's probably going to participate in the combine drills. I don't know if you guys have seen or noticed, but they've they've changed the combine schedule, so a lot of the pr- a lot of the prospects aren't actually participating in the drills they're just doing in the media interviews, and I think Jordan is actually participating in these drills, and it's definitely going to help his stock. I know Joe Burrow isn't going to, Chase Young isn't going to, but um, I think all three Aggies that are invited to the combine are definitely going to participate. Oh, typical AI is not as it's interesting. No, oh yeah, we went now AI. Yeah, he's whatever. actually not. Um, yeah. He had a misdemeanor assault charge, um, which I haven't looked into a ton, but it's I just saw some things on Twitter that it was sent. It sounds like he kind of got a gonna fight with a couple of kids yeah it kind of sounds like he wasn't like it was i i mean you know not warranted but that he it wasn't the worst thing in the world um and then unfortunately that's three years ago and he still um is not working out at the combine for it he's just interviewing with teams which is still pretty good because we've seen a lot of people i feel like people only like hurt themselves going to the combine unless they run like a 4-2 which he's not going to do because that's not his game um, but he'll have a chance to interview with everyone, so that's that's good for him. Yeah, unfortunately, he was not going to be able to play. Uh, before we get into Jordan, let's brush up on David Woodward. Uh, he Ben Solak, if you don't follow him on Twitter, he is a great draft analyst for the Draft Network. He tweeted out earlier today, I believe it was, he said that uh, David Woodward is on his list of players that, you know, that could be – uh, I guess steel as a linebacker. It, it's going to be interesting to see if if he can climb those ranks of, of day two linebackers, I, I should say. So uh, a few players to, uh, that he kind of talks about there, though, but um, he, he compares them to LSU's linebacker Patrick Queen and then Cal's linebacker Evan Weaver. And it says all quality linebacker prospects with day two and up projections all very stubby at thir- 31 and 5 eighth arm inches and tackle radius and block deconstruction limitations evident on the film on all three as well. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if, if David could improve his draft stock. I don't know if he can improve his draft stock at this. Tim, what do you say? What's interesting is, I mean, I think that's good to, that he's getting compared to these people. Um, I'm looking at all these people and they're like three years younger than me. That's crazy. Um, Evan Weaver was a unanimous All-American. He was, That's he a, was basically what David Woodward was for a Pac-12 school. Yeah, and played the whole year and is, I mean, heralded all over the place. Patrick Queen was one of the better defenders on the team that won the national title. Um, this is a very elite company for him, which is good that he's still being considered in this. And, I mean, honestly, three months ago when he got shut down with a concussion, I didn't think that he'd you know, I was happy that he wasn't experiencing, you know, health problems at that time. I mean, mm-hmm. that, you know, concussion's a serious thing. I think it's great that he's being considered for this. Um, and it'll be interesting to see him work out as he's not, I mean, you just don't watch him and he's not the most athletic person in the world. Like, he doesn't jump off the screen as, you know, somebody that's jumping, that has a f- four-foot vertical and is going to go intercept a pass or 
Jadevin Clowney or anything like that. Yep. But he, uh, again, very solid. So it'll just be good. And I'm sure he's, uh, I, you know, it's David Woodward. You know he's going to interview well. Um, I mean, in meeting with teams, will, I'm sure will be helpful for him. Yeah, I agree. I mean, like, it'll be, it's going to be an, a fun watch for him, especially just because, you know, we, we, he came and went so fast for Utah State. Like, last year, he kind of he popped off the screen, obviously, and then all of a sudden, he's back uh, this this year, um, and he, he plays for up until the BYU week, and he's out before we can even see anything. Um, some the NFL, if you if you really want kind of in depth stuff, the NFL.com does great insight on all the prospects of the combine, and some of the some of the stuff that they have for him on his strength side of things. They say he's gritty and willing to stick his nose into the noise. He's always around the football, four six fumbles over the last two seasons, eats tape to find blockers' tendencies, quick to spin out of a block and search for the tackle, and short area burst to scrape, close and tackle, and, and then his weaknesses, and there's, uh, there's a few other strengths there too, but his frame is underdeveloped with short arms and lack of mass, may not be able to add weight and maintain same speed, athletic ability falls below NFL expectations, and a few other things as well. So it's going to be interesting to see if he's going to have to be I honestly think I see David as a kind of a backup linebacker role. He plays for many teams in the NFL in his career. It kind of bounces from team to team. But uh, I think he can prove to be a, a journeyman's linebacker in the, in the league if he, can find the, if, if he can find the right niche. I think what's interesting, I'm just looking it up now, um, him and Vigil, Nick Vigil, uh, are kind of the same size. Woodward's 6'2", 230. Nick Vigil, again, they've got the same kind of build. They both had a ton of tackles. Both came out a year early. Nick Vigil's got a similar size of – they are, according to the internet, they're the exact same height and weight. Um, they have a quite a similar build, and Vigil's really carved out a role for himself playing with the Bengals. He's been their starting linebacker for a couple of years now. Of course, it is the Bengals, so that's not too much of a mm-hmm. – he's, he's got something going for him, but – Fackrell's had a career with uh, the Packers, and I mean, most of our linebackers that have gone to the NFL have stuck around and have kind of outperformed probably their expectations. Obviously, Bobby's possibly the best in the NFL. Um, well, he's been the best in the NFL. Yeah, has been that way for years. So, I mean, he's definitely falling in the footsteps of especially with Luke retiring. Many who have had a successful career. So, and to kind of before we brushed up on on Tipa a little bit, um, if it's a an, an, a person worth noting, they also kind of give him a, a comparison to the NFL. Tipa in this one is being compared to Howard Jones. I don't know if anybody of you know who Howard Jones is. He is a I don't he didn't play last year. He got cut, but he was on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers from 2015 to 2016 and then he was on the Bears in 2017. He hasn't played since, but that was kind of the his his trajectory. He played 4 years in the NFL and then, then he's out. So that's the comparison to uh, to Howard Jones there. I'm hoping Tiba gets a chance. This is going to hurt his. Um, he's going to have to pl- perform really well at the pro day. At the pro day in Logan, which is going to be interesting. I think we'll have a lot of NFL scouts there. The good thing is, is Jordan Love scheduled to um, go to the pro day, or is he going to? Is he going to do his pro day there? I was assuming he was going to have his pro day. I know, like, I usually anybody that's trying to come out or get drafted does. I just, I mean, there hasn't been somebody from Utah State that's been this high or this, mm-hmm. you know, we haven't had a quarterback trying to go for a while. So I don't, I mean, I would imagine that he'd work out there. But if he does, then there's going to be every scout in the NFL is probably going to be there for that, which means that Tipa is also going to get looks 
yep. from everyone else there, which is really helpful. So Jordan may end up helping him out quite a bit. That's a good point. The uh, Braxton, do you have any thoughts on David and Tipa? I have no thoughts on David and Tipa. All right, so Jordan Love, he also is having a big week. Yes. This is obviously a a huge week for him. He's getting a lot of questions asked about his interceptions. I thought he answered it very well, very uh, great self-awareness. Uh, he, I think what uh, somebody asked him about the 17 interceptions and if that bothers him, and he responded by saying, as if I didn't want to th- answer the questions about the 17 interceptions, I shouldn't have thrown them. So he's very self-aware that he knows that he made those mistakes. And, yeah, and, and this, and I'll keep it inconsistent here, the um, the same analyst, NFL analyst, that did the, um, the comparisons for the other two prospects did it for Jordan Love. He compared him to Blake Bortles. Oh, boy. Um, that's a, you know, Blake Bortles coming out of UCF. Yeah, he had a big upside. He obviously was the first quarterback drafted in that draft class and had one good year at the Jaguars, and then he's been a backup since. It's um, We can only hope that his – his uh, ceiling's a little bit higher than that, and you know that's the thing with speculation and all all this, all the the high high points. We're all just kind of throwing darts, hoping that it's going to land somewhere in the positive side of things. But have you guys been keeping up on much of Jordan Love this this week? I, this is, I mean, kind of crazy that it's just. I feel like there's one person every year that's out, and in most cases, I have heard very little of them or have not heard of them at all. I mean, you know, Carson Wentz, for example, that comes out and some guy from a small school and then he's got the whole world and getting a lot of media attention and that yeah. Colin Coward in the last two days has tweeted about LeBron James, Bernie Sanders and Jordan Love. Yeah. yeah. Um, we've got LeBron James. who's the most recognizable athlete in the world. Bernie Sanders, who is leading one of the two political parties for running for president right now and Jordan Love and how the Packers should treat him. So he's getting a ton of attention and this is just crazy that it, getting in one scholarship offer at one point, was two years ago he was backing up Kent Myers and now he might be the first round pick going to any number of teams and could potentially be the next Mahomes. Yeah, and I think and I listened to those two podcasts and if you haven't listened, I believe it was Tuesday's, uh, no Monday's uh, podcast of of Colin Coward's today's his today's best in particular where he really kind of dives in on why Jordan Love is gonna it should be is gonna be a better career than. Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow, and it's uh, it's fascinating. And TJ Hushmanzada, who has been working with Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, and Jordan Love going into the NFL Combine, went out and said that he believes that Jordan Love is going to be the sleeper of the draft, saying that he is the NFL, saying he's a bigger, faster version of Deshaun Watson, which is high praise. I love Deshaun Watson. I think it's interesting that he said that he's a faster version of him because I mean I think the one thing that's deceptive is that. Love is not the most athletic person in the world. Yeah. Um, he's definitely not. He's not. He's not a sprinter. No, he's yeah. not. That's. Is, I would say his pocket presence. Sorry, Tim. I don't is, interrupt. Is not good. Um, he isn't that. I mean, he gets into the open field and he's not going to outrun somebody. Which I feel. I thought Deshaun Watson was pretty quick, but I mean, mm-hmm. Deshaun Watson has come in. He's had three, two or three very impressive seasons. Led them. Led the. Texans to the second round of the playoffs and is probably one of the top 10 quarterbacks in the NFL so that is very high praise well yeah and you and to kind of keep on this conversation when you go to like quarterbacks where you would draft right now I think that Deshaun Watson is probably in that top five of quarterbacks you draft first I think you'd go Dak Prescott no, sorry ooh, Ew, ooh, I can't believe I said that Hello. Uh, Patrick Mahomes 
Uh, ugh. Patrick Mahomes first uh, with that first pick. Lamar Jackson. I wouldn't go. I would go. Uh, I would. Whoever would you go second after that? Probably, probably Lamar Jackson. I, I don't know if I, I trust Lamar Jackson to continue as a quarterback, as a being healthy as a quarterback, because the way he plays <laughs> is usually five years and he's done. Whereas in the history of the NFL, just the way that that style of quarterback does not match up well long term. He could be he could be the first. I could be completely wrong, but he. If you look at the careers of other people, that they just don't last. Give us your top five, Brady. <laughs> I haven't uh, off the top of my head. I haven't been able to think about it too fast. But Not I, Lamar Jackson, clearly. Well, I, well, I, I think he's there. I don't think he's two though. It's like I think that you put Deshaun Watson there. I think Carson is up there. Um, yeah, I Carson think, hasn't played. If, if you want to talk about injuries, yeah, well, <laughs> Lamar Jackson. I, I don't know if he's been injured since he's been in the NFL, and Carson once hasn't not been injured in the last three years. I think. Well, and then Lamar, Lamar's up there, but Carson and where do you him, rank Kirk Cousins? Uh, not there. Not definitely not. Up <laughs> Danny there. Dimes. Uh, Daniel Jones isn't bad. I think that he's uh, he's got some some hype there. But anyway, so being compared to Sean Watson, the point being is that uh, it's not a bad praise to be up there, and it's no. And he's also been compared to Patrick Mahomes too, which is, you know, he's the hot ticket right now. So we'll see. Uh, he, he has his um, combine drills tomorrow. He com- uh, he'll he'll run the forty. He'll run. He'll throw the pass. He'll, he'll do passing drills and all the good stuff there. Um, I'm intrigued to see what he does. I don't know if he can do anything inside of the forty. And that I think the passing drills are really what it's going to go. Does, does he? Let's place a prop bet right now. Does he? Run faster than Joe Burrow, yes or no? I was just, I was literally just thinking that, and nobody, <laughs> nobody says that Joe Burrow is Joe athletic. Burrow, is Joe Burrow running? Is I don't, he's I, I don't think he's. Right? I, I don't I, think I, he's running. He might, might, he might run his pro day. He might. I. It, this is just funny that everyone says that Jordan Love is this athletic person where his arm is incredible. Again, he is not. I don't think he's extremely athletic. Think, like under five. Where I think he's yeah. got to be like. I mean, Tom Brady now could probably come close to a five second forty. Um. And like there are know. big linemen that are. I think Tom Brady ran like a five five. Yeah, <laughs> right. I don't know. I don't know if Tom. Brady. I don't think. I, I think he gets. I think. Under I, think five. Jordan, I think Jordan runs a four eight. I was. I was roughly four eight eight is what I'm going to go with. Uh, yeah, somewhere around there. Four. We seven, play some four, prop nine. bets on Jordan's love forty. Forty. I just haven't seen Jordan run higher than Joe Burrow. I mean, his longest run was this year, and it was like seventeen yards. Exactly. Like, um. So we'll see. Um. He's also been targeted by Vegas a lot. The Vegas Raiders, the, the and that's weird to say, isn't it? The yeah. Vegas Raiders, oh. but uh, I thought you meant like the casinos. Yeah, no, he's gonna MGM coming after. He's gonna him. open up his own his own casino if this whole football thing doesn't work out. No, um, yeah, he's been talked about going to Vegas a lot. He went out and said something about he liked to play for John Gruden, and I don't know if he grew up a Raiders fan. He's definitely grew up in the neighborhood where being a Raiders <laughs> fan would not. Surprising. Be surprising because growing up in Bakersfield. Hmm. So he, he's also stated today he got interviewed by the Colts and yep. he said, you know, I wouldn't mind playing for the Colts. Um, their GM Ballard, Chris Ballard, has been high on him for the past two years. Um, reports have been saying um, even since before Andrew Luck retired, he was, they were looking at Jordan Love. I think I think I mean we've been talking about this for a while. I think the Colts is the logical landing spot. I think that twelve to twelve to fourteen. It's the the Raiders at twelve, Colts at thirteen, and Buccaneers, and Buccaneers at fourteen. Yeah. I think that's kind of. I think I think it's going to be the money spot to watch for Jordan. Um, from what I've seen, though, Philip Rivers might be signing with any of those three teams as well. Yeah. Um, that kind of shakes it up a little bit. If Philip Rivers goes to the Colts, then Jordan Love I think drops a little bit. 
I see. I think, and I think that's the exact opposite. I think if, uh, if, and the thing is with free agency, it happens after the draft. Yeah. Is it not? Uh, I believe it does. And so whoever is drafted by the Colts, I think if he ends up with the Colts, I think that's where Phillip Rivers goes regardless. And then he will be, he'll either sit behind Jacoby Brissett or Phillip Rivers this, this next year. And then, or he, he could go to the Buccaneers and they're going to franchise tag Jameis Winston. And he could sit behind Jameis for a year. Prefer him not to learn behind Jameis, who is an interception machine. And, uh, you know, Vegas would be, I think of the three, he, that's the place where he'd play first. He would play probably at the very beginning of the season. I don't, see, I don't want him to go to a place where he plays first. I know, that's what, but yeah. of the three, that's where he'll play first, I think. The more. And but there's more talent in Indy, but there's also a lot of talent in in Vegas, and they have another first round pick in the first round that they can get somebody for him as a wide receiver. So we'll see. I, I mean, it's exciting. I, I I've said previously, I think it'd be fun selfishly to see him play for Vegas just because it's close, and you know it it's exciting. Vegas, could you be? Could you imagine being the king of Vegas? Like, I don't know. I don't. It'd be a, an interest. at like twenty one. Yeah. Tim. Right. So, so it's an exciting time for him. It's go, go for lo, go from Logan to Vegas. I just wanted him in Minnesota. And a complete 180 of life. That's yeah. for sure. You go from the smallest town in the world to the well, not but the, the brightest yeah. town in the world. <laughs> yeah. Well, so that's exciting. Uh, we'll keep tuned to that uh, as as things come come out. It's surprising how fast this this NFL draft is coming. I know. I'll be I'll be gone next week from the podcast, and then oh wow. I know, and then two weeks after that is the draft. Is it really? Yeah, I think is it's it? it's it's end of March. Wow. Okay. If I remember so. right, or it might be April seventeenth. Yeah, I think it's in April. April twenty third. Never mind. We got we got a while. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. Like, wow. No, yeah, it's a, it's we a, got pro days. a wise away. Yeah. All right. Well, that's uh, that's that. And now we're 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 rooting for Jordan. Uh, we don't have much on the actual team side of things. No news for Utah State football to, that we've missed in the last two weeks, right? I don't think so. No, they're just in the middle of the spring practice. Spring now. practice will happen. Uh, um, the spring games here, I believe, in a month or two, and so we'll keep tabs on that as the team kind of makes forward into this new uh, regime. Era, whether it be Henry Columbia or who knows Peasley, and I, don't, I think we've kind of closed the book on the whole grad transfer. Yeah, I mean, there's always time. I mean, some of these happen. Late in the year, I remember. Uh, I forget Vernon something went from uh, Eastern Washington to Oregon, and it he didn't get on campus for Oregon until July. I mean, that's a special circumstance. Yeah. But well, also we had the Arizona State kid last year for us. Yeah, remember he was. Like, yeah, he didn't get started until literally three days before Wake Forest. Yeah, because he was with Arizona State, and then he was moved to like the backup role, and he transferred. To, he was on campus three days before we went to Wake or Forest or whatever. Keta. Barely got his like visa approved before school started, so yeah. I mean, you know, stuff happens at the last second. But. Speaking of basketball, we've we've had a few games in between the last time we spoke. Yeah, we won six in a row. Six in a row. That was the last time we spoke, but we won six in a row. It's been a while. Nine of the last three ten or four. Yeah, so it's been three, I believe, um, since we've we, we we talked last. It's been a a nice turnaround. You know, the sky was falling. Yeah. For a little bit there, well, I think we came on here. We're like, you know, what's going on, and then. Now, I think the Aggies are playing their best basketball of the season. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and it's hard to kind of talk about last night's game because we, San Jose State is just, a, just terrible at basketball. And 
I always love to see the spectrum when we when we start cheering for the other team to score. Oh, that's always a fun. That's always one of my have, favorite right? cheers. Is just like, oh, you know, they finally scored. Let's cheer. Um, it usually doesn't happen in conference play. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, Tim or Tim or Brady, one of you guys messaged our group yesterday and was like, Aggies are going to win by a hundred. Or no, it was sorry, it was it was. It wasn't other, us. It was the other yeah. group. You have another group? Yeah. yeah I was, wow. Sorry, uh, Connor and Tyler, they said, Aggies are going to win by 100. And I said, yeah, I guess I turned it on. I was like, it's it's 56 to 24. It was 19-0 to start the game, and that's kind of where they put took the pedal off a little bit. There was just like kind of cruise control after that. Yeah. But, but we, we got out by 40. It yeah. was great. Sam, Sam Merrill's <laughs> last game in the spectrum. Yeah, that was one of those moments where you're just like, wow, it's like yeah. – well, and I was talking to Spencer Nelson about this. Is like, do they retire Sam's number? And he doesn't know if they do, um, just because they're so finicky about retirement. I mean, there's a few players that they that deserve to have their names um, numbers retired that haven't yet. Uh, J.C. Carroll being one of them. He's probably going to get his time here soon. Ty Wesley being another as well, who probably deserves to have his name in the Raptors, and he doesn't yet. So. We'll see. There's still time, and obviously it'll be like ten years down the road when this actually happens. But yeah. where, where does where does Sam rank on your all-time Aggies list? All-time Aggies list? I think he's got to be in the top five. I mean, there's there's the three that are ahead of him. I believe that there's Wayne Estes, there's Greg Grant, Sam Merrill, and then you probably Merlin. Oh, sorry, oh, um, J.C. Carroll, yeah. and then I think you put Marv. Yeah. Are we talking like Aggies in general or basketball? Basketball. And then I, I think you put Marv. Yeah. Marv Roberts ahead of him just because Marv played in the NBA mm-hmm. and he's one of the other four that have his name in the Raptors right now. Um, but I think you can argue, you know, Ty Wesley had three WAC championships back to back to back. Mount West Conference Championship, I would say kind of count. I, I w- Here's the thing. I don't want to step on any toes of like tradi- like old-time Aggie fans who are like who watched the 2000s and going forward. But I think the Mountain West Conference Championship last year is a little bit bigger. More impressive than the WAC championships. The, the WAC championships, and people are like, well, it's the same teams. Like, it, a little bit. It, you know, Nevada's still there. But, like, the the, ra- the rise in competition in the Mountain West is significantly more challenging than it was in the WAC. That's why it took us five years to kind of get back into the competitive level for the Mountain West Conference Championship. Tim, do you have a, 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 a list of Aggie greats that you'd put be able to talk about? Um, I think... Ty Wesley's team, the people that he was playing with were, I don't want to say better, but I mean. It's hard to say because he, he, yeah. he had, who did they beat the years that they were in the, I mean, it was Boise, New Mexico State, and there were St. teams Mary's. with it, but and like. St. Mary's and Nevada. Nevada was ranked in the top 10. That was. I mean, yeah, that is pretty similar in some sense. I mean. Sam last year had probably I I mean JC Carroll had a couple of great years in this but Sam's year last year might have been the I mean I'd say I'd argue that that was the greatest season in the history of the program by an individual player. Yeah, it's I think it's a, you're comparing different eras, right? The whack years, obviously you're going to have some teams who are like top end better than everyone else. You got the Nevada's, New Mexico States, and then you're going to end up playing uh St. Mary's in the from the WCC. And things like that. Whereas, but then you're also playing teams, and they're also in the Mountain West, but like San Jose State, and other teams who are the bottom ends of the whack, who are kind of in yeah. the Big West or whoever else they ended up being. Um, whereas now, the kind of the middle portion of the Mountain West Conference is a little bit more challenging. 
on a, on a weekly basis. So yeah, it, it's an interesting conversation to have to see where, where Sam ranks amongst the great ones. I'm just looking at his stat line from, I mean, this is, it, it were around the same time last year when they won the, because they beat Nevada yep. and then they a year ago from today. beat, um, Colorado State a couple days later to win the Mountain West in that game he had 38 points on 15 of 23 shooting that's incredible yeah that's great that's that's I mean that's that's an all-time stat line and he does does it often too it's it's not bad but like just being efficient I think in terms of overall like overall as a player I think Sam is probably in my top two I probably have Wayne Estes and then Sam Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of like overall production, I feel like JC's more of a scorer. Um, I mean, we we can't really we weren't really there, able to watch them as we were all children. But yeah, I'd have Sam in my two or three on the list of all time Aggies. Um, but I just feel like Sam's consistency and efficiency puts him on that list. I mean, Sam never missed a game. Yeah, I mean he's he's one of the more consistent players, obviously. JC, um, interest. I, I I completely spaced the fact that JC played in the Big West. Too. Yeah, he also played in the WAC too. So, um, but he was in this is some of his his stats that uh, kind of go up against Sam. He's got Big West tournament MVP. Sam's got the Mountain West Conference tournament MVP. He's a two time first team All WAC in two thousand seven two thousand eight. I believe that Sam will be a two time. Uh, first team all Mountain West Conference. He's got the Mountain West Conference player of the year last year. He's not going to win it this year, unfortunately, just because Malachi Flynn and then the guy from Nevada has always kind of taken the, um, that spot. Um, it'll probably go to either of those two guys. And then he was also an AP honorable mention All-American. So four really good things that Sam probably won't have. He, he's not going to be an honorable mention for the All-American. But, um, yeah, it, Regardless, uh, awesome career for Sam. It was it was emotional seeing him, him kind of wave goodbye. It's always kind of sad when you see these these uh, greats, you know, put so much effort. He grew up a Utah State fan. It wasn't like he was recruited here, then became a Utah State fan. No, he grew up watching J.C. Carroll and all these players. Ty Wesley that we just got done talking about. He had season tickets, and he grew up wanting to be an Aggie. He came here under recruited, like we said last. Two weeks ago, he was a one-star kid coming Stu out of Stu Morrill recruited him. Yeah, Stu Morrill. So that's how old he is. Um, and, yeah, it, it just goes to show his the level of effort that he put into this um, himself and the dedication that he put into Utah State. It, it, it really – he took – he brought Utah State back in a way. He helped bring it back along with Craig Smith, Nimi, and a few other characters along the way. But that uh, that little level of dedication to the Utah State, to the – the program that we all love, um, yes, it he he set it up to a point where we can come back, uh, we can be Utah State again when it comes to basketball. There was a dip down there. We've talked about it that that five year when we were transitioning from the WAC to the Mountain West Conference. It was a hard hard time for us until last year where we kind of finally got it together and we had the players necessary. And now I think that we're going to be set up for the future, that we're going to be able to compete in the Mountain West Conference going forward consistently year in, year out, like we did in the WAG. Yeah. Uh, I, there was a, I, it was Eli Lucero. I think he's one of the um, photo people for the athletic department. Just, I took this picture and put it out, and it was just 
somebody responded to it and they said that it was that he's gone and that it just four years have gone by so quickly. And I remember my I mean, this seems like a lifetime ago, but my senior year I was working for the athletic department. We do stuff for games and he would be out there two hours before anybody else. It'd be four o'clock. He was out there shooting, which I just think is incredible. And I mean, you think back to the best players on the team in the years, the years past. I mean, Kobe had some, I just, you know, I don't want to bash anybody, but he, he had some interesting moments just off the court and some stuff and then transferred. And then I was, I was thinking about this specifically at the dark times, because honestly, Tim, your yours and my four years at Utah state were kind of like the dark times yeah. of Utah state basketball and how negative the, that program was around the community and the fans. Um, there were fans were calling out players. They were tweeting at players saying that they're underperforming. Remember that? That was such a weird. No. Time. Yeah. And there was, I mean, Jalen Moore was there, but I mean, his, the end of his basketball career was him essentially quitting the NBA and just, I was, I mean, his dad played there. There was always some issues with him, but he was, I mean, he was a pretty solid ambassador, but I think before that there was, I mean, there was just always players getting like arrested for something. Jared Shaw had a the whole that was interesting. Yeah, a whole bunch of issues going on there. But he was the best player on that team in 2013. And then, yeah. I mean, Sam has been the best player. It hasn't – I mean, I think a lot of people would say that like, Keta has played – I mean, Keta's, you know, likely going to go to the NBA. He's played very well. He had 23-10 and 10 last night. But he's he's been – he's played second fiddle to Sam. Sam has been the face of it. His wife is an athlete there. That He's – I you know, you'd never – you just never worry about him doing something inappropriate or stupid or anything. That's just, he's always been a positive face to the program, which is just fantastic. And it's just, it's gone by, I mean, so quickly. I remember he was, so he got recruited by Stu. He, before he went on the mission, he was an incoming, he would have been an incoming freshman when I was a freshman. And it's just, it's, it's crazy that it's like, Oh, that was six years ago. This is finally over. And he walks off the court and I don't know. It was just, it was like a surreal moment. It was just, I think that was, I, one of the more memorable moments was him leaving and just the fans and everybody just up there loves him, which is, yeah. I mean, it's cool to watch. And let's uh, let's go down the other, because there are other seniors that also are graduating. Abel Porter being one of them. That no, he, He's getting two degrees. Two degrees. Way to be, uh, Abel Porter. Two degrees Porter. in, what, three years? Two degrees in and an two, MBA, yeah. Two, yeah. Uh, Way to be uh, kind of, you know, he's a walk-on from your alma mater, Braxton. Yeah, go darts. Go darts. Um, yeah, you know, Abel, you know, he's... He was always thought of as like too small to you know start, too slow. I mean, he gutted it out. Like, I mean, he's there's still games to play. Um, and Abel's Abel's has helped this team you know go on a run. He's as a starter, I think he's only lost seven games or eight, eight like, I guess eight games. Yeah, we've we've lost a few games this year. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he came in last year and went seventeen and one. Yeah, and led. I mean, he was a starting point guard on a top twenty five team in the country. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and. I've been critical on Abel a, a few times, obviously, on this podcast, just because I don't, I don't th- have anything against him. I think that he's a, he's a sufficient uh, Mountain West Conference point guard. I think that he does well in the Mountain West Conference. It's just when he comes to the big dogs, and he gets kind of bullied in a way. But I like what he's brought to this. He's hit big shots for the team. He's uh, he's really elevated the intensity. He's been a good leader. He's hit game-winning three-pointers. He's hit game-winning free throws. Uh, when he's not been the most efficient free throw shooter in his career but he's whenever his name's called he's usually there to step he's up usually pretty clutch he has that clutch gene us us davis darts we have that you know i mean some of some of you do uh a broken clock is twice right twice a day braxton i mean i in a real right years. twice every six years <laughs> um so yeah dave uh good old and i appreciate abel for what he's done he's kind of stepped up in a position where 
you know, last year nobody wanted to be the point guard. You know, we had Crew Ainge. Remember that? We had that was weird. Yeah, we yeah, had the beginning of the season. That was <laughs> was interesting. The beginning of the year and just some of the Craig Smith stuff, trying to figure things out. We had some weird stuff going Lineups. on. Uh, who was the other guy that transferred? Torian Knight. He transferred. Yeah, Southern Utah kid who also John got Knight. Yeah, they had him too. I forgot about him. He got kicked off the team for grades. Yeah. Like. That was that was an interesting time, and then Abel Porter kind of was thrust into the starting lineup just because the other guys weren't performing, <coughs> and he hasn't let go of it since. And he's he's done a great job with what he's been given, his expectations coming into the program. You know, kudos to him. Roche he had a big dunk yesterday. No, that was that was really cool because it was the end of the game, um, like nine minutes of play. Well, he was in. He was doing the whole. I, no, there was like a minute and a half left. Well, no, he got in at like nine minutes though. Yeah, he got he got some playing time, but that was starters were already out. Um, that was a. I mean, that was a real dunk there, and I feel like I I kind of feel bad for him because I feel like he got recruited in the dark ages, yep. and he might have legitimately been the starting center on teams three four years ago. We were just so small and undersized. You know, the post Colette years yeah. when. I mean, I think who we. I mean, he's better than Elston Jones. He's as yeah. He's Lou Evans was playing. Lou Evans was a much better small forward than, but he was playing center. I mean, I forgot about Lou Evans. This guy was just there at the wrong time. Yeah, so many memories of yesteryear. Um, but he's he was a pretty solid, and it it was great. Was the reaction? Is he's just been another team player? Um, and the whole. I mean, Brito was. swimming on the ground after and Justin Bean is on the court and just looks so happy and thrilled for him which was really cool Diogo Brito having a a, a good impact coming into that starting lineup there too um it's gonna be unfortunate to see him go too because he's done so much for he I feel like out of everybody I feel like I've seen him play the longest I don't know why it just <laughs> seems like he's been there the longest um but yeah Diogo and it's going to be interesting to see because uh, Craig was kind of elusive on this question after the game if they were going to because the way that Brock played off the bench and then Diego played starting, um, if that was going to sway him one way or the other going forward to see if if that'll uh, be a, a ro- uh, the thing for the rest of the game. For the rest of the season. Yeah, excuse me, for the rest of the season because you know they both played really well in their in their roles and like I said, it's freaking uh san jose state so you can't really put too much uh weight into it but you know he had two for five one for three from the three-point line six points five assists five rebounds uh two steals and only one turnover so he did he played a relatively solid games but yeah another senior leaving do you have any thoughts on diogo brito before we uh, move on to the basketball game um i've always kind of thought as of diogo brito as like kind of the joe Ingles of the team He's, he's kind of the do-it-all glue like glue guy. Um, he comes in, does his job, does things well. Not, I mean, he'll he'll have bad games, but he he always seems to show up in certain moments. Whether it's a good show up or bad show up, it's there. Um, like I mean, there's been times this this season has been rough for him. He's probably been the scapegoat for most things. He um um he's probably like I mean he's had those bad turnovers against what was it San Diego State. Yep. Um, Boise also, State, what? the Boise, Boise, the Boise State. That's what it was. Yeah, the, those bad turnovers against Boise State, but also he's played really well in other games. Um, I just think he's he's one of those people that you don't notice his contributions, and it's going to really he's gone. Yeah, and when he leaves, it's going to suck. He's a leader on the team, but I think we'll be fine. Defensively, he's 
a lot more important than his offense, obviously. Yeah. Tim, what do you think? I think, I mean, I think some of our, I mean, he, he's had some bad moments for sure, but he, I, I remember the Mountain West tournament last year, we were struggling against New Mexico, which is probably looking back on it is probably like the most nervous I have been watching a sporting event, but, uh, and then he took over in the second half. Um, that. yeah, that's true. And then he played out of his mind in the second half against LSU. And I will always remember him riding an inflatable built bull <laughs> on TV after the game. Uh, Cussing yeah, yeah, using TV. some uh, choice language, and after we came back from twenty to beat LSU, I mean that's those are very big moments. Again, uh, you know, this team has possibly old. underperformed at times this year. Lost a couple games that they should have won, but I mean, if we would have been thinking about Diogo Brito leading us to a win in a conference tournament game or beating LSU a couple years ago with this team, and you know, when Durier was there two years ago, it was like we'd be loving where we're at right now. Yeah. So that that's kind of our recap of the seniors saying goodbye to them yesterday. Uh, gonna miss them, but we still have a lot of games left to go. You yeah. know, you got you got to, uh, on Saturday's huge game in the pit. Always a tough place to play, regardless of how good that team is anyway. Um, but yesterday's game was a complete domination from start to finish. Um, three point line was very positive. Uh, we shot forty seven percent from the three point line, nearly forty eight percent. Um, Alfonso and Brock go two for two each on the bench, which is huge for the team. Have you heard this this conspiracy theory about the the, the basketballs being different? Yeah, I did see that. So yeah, because yeah. and the thing is with the, uh, the Mountain West Conference is that they're doing this weird like kind of tracker thing. Has like a chip in the ball. Yeah, and uh, I guess they don't do it in San Diego, but. Well, and um, and it, it's affecting every, Brock. Every everybody. Well, and here's the thing: is that. It's in these Nike balls in the Mountain West Conference, and I, I read this article, and then I'm glad you brought it up because I completely forgot about it, is that everyone in the Mountain West, every team in the Mountain West has seen a significant drop-off when it comes to their three-point uh, shot. Not so much San Diego State. They're like 3 or 4% different. Nobody's had it affected by it more than Utah than State, Utah State yeah. which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, that, along with the, the three-point line kind of being pushed back a little bit, um, which is going to be... And it's only during Mountain West Conference play. So if we get to the NCAA tournament, maybe it, it kind of <laughs> suddenly Brock's like, wow, I know how to shoot this ball. Well, I saw a tweet. It was like, Brock's going to shoot 51% <laughs> without the, without this ball. Yeah, so, and, yeah, it's a good point. I for, I completely forgot about that. And yeah, uh, Utah, and for those that don't know, you can look it up. Just go search uh, Mountain West Conference basketball uh, change or something. Just look up. Um, and they, they talk about it. It goes into detail of, of different stats and um, of the teams that are struggling with it, teams that are doing fine with it, and stuff like that. It's actually really fascinating. Um, glad you brought that. Up. Good job, Rexon. Well, thanks. Uh, <laughs> this. So we got. We're on a six-game win streak. Uh, we got New Mexico on Saturday at 8 p.m. in the pit. Um, New Mexico. They've obviously kind of fallen off ever since all their players got suspended. Um, yeah, they've lost four in a row. Are currently losing by ten to Air Force. Oh wow! Okay. Um, and we have won six in a row, um, nine and one in our last ten. They're two and eight in our last ten. I my only worry is that it's senior night, and that team has been an absolute mess this year. That uh, they are actually playing for something because you know they're not going to win the Mountain West Conference, and their season's over, and their mm-hmm. best player got arrested. So well, I, it's interesting because if they lose, then we will play. 
uh, most likely Fresno State instead of them in, in that first round if things hold together. Do we not have the double buy, or do so we play? So what happens was, is, and let me explain this real fast, is is that we we will play the winner of the six eleven game. So we will play either Fresno State or New Mexico, and then whoever that that six seed is will will play Wyoming, and uh, or San Jose State. I apologize, San Jose State as the eleven. I assume Fresno State or New Mexico will beat San Jose State, and then we will play them in that following game. So, in my opinion, I would like to play New Mexico over uh, Fresno State. You know, I feel like we'll beat either of them, but you know, just if I had to pick and choose, I feel like Fresno State has played us better over the last few games. Yeah, I um, play Fresno. But you got New Mexico. Uh, do you have any like? I don't. I don't think that we're gonna have too much to worry about this. And you got the Mountain West Conference tournament next week, though, which is gonna be fascinating because it's such a log jam. From that yeah, three seed right to six, middle. and I guess we're kind of log lobbed into that too a little bit. We're, but as soon as uh, Nevada loses to San Diego State, that that'll put bring them back down to that that log jam. But yeah, so from three, so Nevada, Boise, UNLV, and Colorado, they're all going to be fighting for that <coughs> three, three to uh, three to six spot. And it's it's I mean three to five uh, three to five spot, and that's big because. Oh, three to six. I, I apologize because whoever, um, I'm sorry. I, I've completely lost for a second. Uh, we'd be playing the seven seed and the eleven seed, not yeah. the six seed. So that's where I was confused. Um, so anybody can uh, get to that three seed, and I'm hoping it's not UNLV. This game tonight, Boise State and UNLV is going to be huge for seeding for seeding purposes because UNLV they can find their way back to that three seed. And suddenly we're playing the Rebels in the second round, and that's and what's basically a home game—a home game for them. And that that crowd. We've is just, also uh, they blew us out, mm-hmm. and almost—I mean—they were up by ten in the second half against us in the Spectrum. Whereas <laughs> Nevada, we beat pretty handily. Boise, we beat at home, and we're up by twenty. Should have beaten them there. I'm not worried about. I'm look. If we do that again, we don't deserve to go to any tournament. Yeah. Um, and then Colorado State, we're. We haven't lost to them in forever. Yeah, so it's gonna. I'm gonna be tuned into that game tonight. That's gonna be a fun watch. I think for, uh, UNLV against Boise State. UNLV is gonna be a problem in the future. I think. I think uh, the, their their head their head coach is you know very good. He he was really good at Sandy San, South Dakota State, and I think that he's gonna flip that program back to where it used to be. Which in the future, we'll we'll be see we'll be interesting to see if if UNLV can compete in the Mountain West. Yeah, this conference is going to be really good. Um, I mean, because San Diego State clearly is uh, that was lost yesterday. Built for success. Um, Nevada, they were, up, they were up by fifth. Colorado State was up by fifteen. Six. They were up by six with seven minutes left. Six, yeah, and they went on, and San Diego State won a thirteen 0 run. Yeah. Um, Nevada will be back yeah, next Nevada, year. Well, Nevada's. Been, yeah, back. I mean Nevada's good this year. They dropped off a little bit, but they'll be not as good as last year. Yeah, yeah. they'll be. I mean, but uh, who's there? Steve Alford. Yeah, um, Steve Alford, who was here with the longtime New Mexico Lobos years. Who yeah, he'll crazy. he'll get them back. Colorado State looks like they're better. They have their coaches in his third year next year. Mm-hmm. New Mexico seems like a mess, but it, the the kind of meat and potatoes of the uh, Mountain West Conference that's been that's had teams that are you know into the second week of the NCAA tournament in the last decade is going to be back and 
the years of the three, four seeded um, when the Mountain West Conference was getting three or four teams in the Mount uh, in the NCAA tournament, um, they could be back here pretty yeah, soon. Yeah, that it's, could be. It, it's it's exciting stuff for for sure uh, for the pro uh, for the conference. But okay. I'm excited to watch the Mountain West Conference tournament. You know, and we kind of alluded to it. San Diego State has not played as dominant as they've been. No one's scared. They said on the broadcast last night, no one's scared of San Diego State anymore. That's what I was. I've been feeling that a little bit. I mean, like, even when they were undefeated, we were talking about like um, if a, um, if a certain thing, like a certain team, matches up with uh, with Utah or with with San Diego State, will they make it to the like? I was talking the the team I'm talking about is BYU. BYU is an eight seed. And if they were going to go up against San Diego State, I would put more money on BYU, BYU beating San Diego State than yeah. I would put on San Diego State beating BYU. Um, but yeah, the yesterday's game, Colorado State gave it to them. I wouldn't be surprised on senior night if Nevada gives them a run for their money as well. Um, they're just, I don't know, they just don't seem to be as dominant as a one seed should be, you know, in the Mountain yeah. Conference. They're not, they're not destroying everybody that they should be doing. I mean, I think it's i mean it's all it's all about who gets hot at the right time i mean they've lost a couple they've played close yes our schedule hasn't been good but if utah state is making shots which we have the ability of doing Ketta had 23 and 10 last night he's averaged a double double over the last couple weeks i think he's playing healthy if there is a time for us to make a run at it it's now are we the hottest team in the mountain west conference right now nevada's playing really well right now um they did just actually barely beat wyoming wyoming who we beat by I, I would say yes. I, I think yeah. I think Utah State is like like of like we opened the basketball section with. I think Utah State is playing their best basketball right now. That includes out of conference play. Um, I think I wouldn't want to play this team in the, in the tournament. So to kind of go on my Nevada thing, they just barely beat Wyoming by five. They beat Fresno by two, and then they kind of went on a run of they barely, they, they blew out New Mexico, and then they beat UNLV by three. So they're they're obviously keeping games close, but they're still they still got a lot of talent. They could score a lot of points. But uh, yeah, I mean Utah State's in a good spot right now. They they are picking up the second longest win streak that they've had all year long. In, in this six game wins, uh, six games in a row, we've had the um, our backs against the wall for about a month and a half now, where we can't we can't really mess up. So yeah, it, it's it's playing out to play uh play like last year i mean we were the two seed going into that tournament and then we ended up playing san Diego state in the championship obviously not new uh nevada like we were supposed to but there's you know i wouldn't be surprised if we're playing unlv in that conference championship game the other than san Diego state yeah just because unlv like we said that that home court has something for them and then also that they've just kind of had San Diego State's number. They've obviously beat them, and um, I'm willing. I'm willing to say I don't think San Diego State makes it to their to the conference championship. And so it's it's an, it's an interesting thing, and I'm excited to see it. I mean, I'd love for to get that back to back Mountain West Conference championship shirt. Yeah, it'd be it'd be next week's gonna be nuts. And I mean, this is the best time of the year. This is what we live for as sports fans. Is March Madness this week where it doesn't ma- I mean you know Wyoming's gone 7 and 22 this year but it's all fresh it's all new it's all mm-hmm. can you put it together for a week forget forget about your team getting arrested forget about stupid losses to Boise forget about you know all the other stuff it's what can you do now which is really cool and the thing about college basketball that makes it so great yeah and 
we talked about preseason of what our expectations were, were to get to that sweet 16. I think that was where our, uh, if we were considered a successful year is if we got to the sweet 16. Currently Joe Lenardi has us as an 11 seed playing against Iowa, um, which would be an interesting kind of their center. That would be uh, their center would be a, is probably going to be an all American. Um, and that would be just interesting as he had a play against him. And then we got, um, but honestly, and here's a here's the bad thing about winning the conference is that if we win the Mountain West Conference, they'll probably put us as a nine or an eight seed, which is not favorable unless <laughs> we play San Diego State in that second round, yeah. which would be a very interesting. We're gonna end up playing Kansas and lose by thirty, but yeah. Just kidding. If 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 we win the Mountain West Conference, San Diego State is not a number one. No, seed. they're not gonna be a number one seed, but. I don't think they'll be a number one seed anyway. I'm gonna be honest. Well, if they win the tournament, they will be. Yeah, they should. Well, right. maybe. Yeah. Yeah, but um, if not, if we have anything to say about it. Yeah. Um. Hopefully, well, we'll be back next week. To next week, yeah, to preview the Mountain West Conference tournament. Um, let me check the dates of that actually. Yeah, is that when? What date does it start? I think the fourth. Um, I think so. Um. The dates of this are, this is very bad radio, but it's fine. Uh, March 4th to March the 7th. March 4th, yeah. To the 7th. So maybe, yeah. So it starts the day of when we record next week. Um, so we will know, or at least we'll eventually know who we play by the time we play. Uh, yeah. That we'll be able to preview it as we will play, yeah. likely uh, Thursday Thursday at, night. Yeah, Thursday. Oh, yeah. That would be the Thursday at 6 p.m. or uh, uh, yeah. 7 p.m. Our time. Yeah. Would you like me to call in from California? I w- we'll probably call you in. That, <laughs> yeah. that, uh, Live from Disneyland. Right. Live from Disneyland. This is Braxton. Braxton. Are you on the Matterhorn right now? Hello! <laughs> <laughs> uh, what does Mickey Mouse think of <laughs> the Mountain West tournament? So Anyway, um, I think we can wrap up. We've kind yeah. of been talking in circles for the past five minutes. Um, let's wrap it up. What are you trying to say? I'm going to say we're talking in circles. Time for go the past home. Five minutes. It's time to go home. <laughs> My nose is running. Um, i got to go catch it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, this has been the Sage Rush Show and Aggie Podcast. As always, my name is Braxton Moon. I have Brady and Tim in front of me. You can follow hey, all yo. of us at uh, on our socials at Haby Moon, at Braden T. Clark, T. Clark, and at Wim Tilson. Um, Tim, sign us off. Good night. You're a small business, you work hard, but you don't have a huge marketing budget and you're always looking for new ways to find customers. Have you ever thought about audio? You're listening to an ad right now, aren't you? Introducing AudioGo, a new online platform that lets you run ads on the top podcast and digital radio stations. Don't have a radio ad? We'll make one for you. Sign up for free today at audiogo.com. AudioGo, audio advertising made simple. What do you get when you talk to a Dell Technologies advisor? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You get someone who understands there's an art to listening. Uh-huh. Sure. Who's able to hear more than what's being said and can provide tailored mm-hmm. small business solutions that make you feel okay. truly heard. I understand. Let's get started. For advice on everything from laptops to the cloud and solutions powered by Intel vPro platform, call an advisor today at 877-ASK-DELL.